Your head is a dangerous place and you're not allowed in there alone. Hello, this is Bill Harper, Man in Search of My Heart. I'm coming back to you. It's been a while. I've been off on journeys. I didn't have access to my studio. It's been a long summer. I'm glad to be back sharing with you a podcast on the Jeremy Camp song, Anxious Heart. When I get all worried about stuff and wrapped up in my head, I'm learning. I'm learning how to shut that down. I'm learning how to come back to Christ. My sponsor once told me one of the most valuable lessons, principles, and it's kind of colloquial country wisdom. Your head is a dangerous place and you're not allowed in there alone. The stuff in my head that rattles around. So the lyrics to Anxious Heart by Jeremy Camp start out, Locked up and I'm so in my head, heart starts racing and I can't slow it down. Hands shaking and I'm losing my breath, paralyzed with the mind spinning out. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, That gets too crazy. But I often find myself wrapped up in my head, get worried about stuff. And how do I stop that? How do I calm my spirit? Heart, mind, soul, spirit, they're all connected. I would like to say that my heart rules me more than my head, but they have to work together. I'm in search of my heart, which has been so, oh, shall we say, malnourished during my 65 years. And my head's got plenty of stuff in it. It's my heart that needs to be connected, which is why I'm a man in search of my heart. The lyrics continue from Jeremy Camp, Anxious Heart. This is a rockin' beat. This is a great song. You are the light when my world goes dark. You hold me together when I'm torn apart. And when my thoughts have run away too far, you're the calm for my anxious heart. My anxious heart. The Battlefield of the Mind is a wonderful book that Joyce Meyer wrote. And remember, your head's a dangerous place and you're not allowed in there alone. So let's see how we can get a wingman, how we can sort this out. Interestingly, Pastor Kevin Jack down at Highland Park Church in Lakeland, Florida. Shout out to Highland Park Church. That's where my daughter attends. He did a seminar with a bunch of teens. He had them in the room and he asked them some questions and he said, if you come from a broken family, raise your hand. About a third of them did that. He asked these teens, if you've had problems with alcohol and drugs, raise your hand. And about half of them raised their hand. But when he said, when he asked these teens if they struggle with anxiety, all of them raised their hand. By the way, the video, the official video for Jeremy Camp is a picture of a teen, a troubled teen. And you can just see by his movements and his patterns and the way he's holding his head and his hands, you can just see he's so troubled. You can see the anxiety and the ripping him apart. His heart is a troubled place. And at the end of the video, by the way, he's holding his phone and it shakes out of his hand and falls to the ground. And the next time we see him in a church finding some healing, this world is in such chaos. I mean, all over. I have a lot of residual pain and I have to release that and give it to God and say, you've got this, Lord, especially our youth. Our youth are so troubled and assaulted, not to mention the way schools were taken out of schools for a while for COVID. That phone, that device has done so much poisoning to the human mind and especially the youth. You know, there's drugs, there's bullying, there's 
all this stuff going on to our, our youth who are really in a battle right now. The lyrics continue for Anxious Heart. You know everything about me. You come and surround me and everything that holds my soul. Falling is surrender, learning to remember you're the one who's in control. It's an interesting process. Okay, so your head is a dangerous place and you're not allowed in there alone. What's that look like? Couple of phases. The one thing I have learned to do as a prayer, a lot of this, this isn't my own original stuff. I've got this out of the book Resilient by John Eldridge. I listen to a lot of his podcasts. I have a band of brothers who I talk about this. But the first is the prayer, the prayer of giving everyone and everything to you, Jesus. Physically, I extend my hands. I'm actually doing it now and pretending, imagining that I have all these weights and troubles in my palms. I roll them off and allow that to fall out of my grip. As I say, Jesus, I give everyone that would be the right hand and everything to you. Now, the bigger problems, it takes a few passes at this. It's almost as if there's a bungee cord attached to my chest and they slap back in me. As I practice this, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. When I was beginning to learn this, I had one of my most memorable conversations with God. I'm working at this and I hear him say, Bill, what are you giving me here? When I say I give everyone and everything to you, I said, oh, good question. I guess I'm giving you my angst, my anxiety, and my worry. I'm not trying to have you snap your fingers miraculously, absolve me of all the work or efforts or whatever I have to do for these things, but I want to give you my worry, my fear, my angst. Excellent. It was kind of like that was the answer. I felt him smile upon me and say, you got it. And at the end, the closure of that little conversation with God was he said, Bill, let's review our history. Now, I just turned 65. So I've had a few years walking with him and I can look back and see his protection. Every step of the way he was there and he solved my problems and he's made me go through some things, but it's all for the best. Now, if I'm a teenager at age 15, I don't, 50 years earlier, where was I? And where are the teens now? So fathering them and loving them and considering them, oh my, it's our youth that are being eaten up in this crazy world. Speaking about this crazy world, we often describe this world we live in where our anxious hearts are rattled and troubled and everything. It's a battle for the heart. The world is at war and the prize is the human heart. And when I say, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you, what I'm trying to do is get the mind of Christ into this place I'm in. Now, what's this place look like? Sometimes I'll get these thoughts in my head and they'll rattle around and I'll get overwhelmed and they'll be like, you're blowing it. This is going to be a failure. Uh, you don't have what it takes uh, and all these fears. And wait, stop. I have to learn to silence those. And what I'm trying to do is silence the voice of the accuser. We'll get into a verse on spiritual warfare later, but remember the voice of the accuser is condemning, is belittling, is degrading, while the voice of the Holy Spirit is affirming and loving. Silence those condemning voices. Now, this doesn't give you free pass to do what you want. It is not licensed. 
we still have to be obedient to the things we know to do to avoid the things that destroy us with poison, whether it be drugs, sex, alcohol, or illicit sex, with the things that we are know are toxic to our souls. Too much time on your phone may be your problem, may be your main problem. So it doesn't give us a license to do whatever we want to do, but the voice of God will always be loving and affirming. You're his child. He made you before the beginning of time. He loves you tremendously. That's the voice I'm trying to hear. That's the affirming voice. Whereas the accuser, the voices, the statements, the beliefs are accusatory. They are belittling. You're a failure. You're a loser. You know, it just goes on and on. So being able to discern the voice of Christ against the voice compared to the voice of the accuser, that's key to this whole thing to solve the anxious heart. The lyrics continue from Jeremy Camp. You are the light when my world goes dark. You hold me together when I'm torn apart. And when my thoughts have run away too far, you're the calm for my anxious heart. Okay, watch how this works. I heard this the other day and I've been practicing it. Okay, you wake up. Sometimes people wake up with anxiety or I'll be in a troubled place and I got all these worries in my mind. Now, let's try this. I'm in there alone, first of all, and I shouldn't be. I've been cautioned. I'm, my head's a dangerous place, especially when all these thoughts from the enemy get in there and I'm all alone. Well, the first thing I need to do is shove all those thoughts into some closet and lock them behind a door. Just shut them up. Silence the voice of the accuser. Shut it down. And once I got them locked up behind that door, I'm going to come out here and find Jesus. Find this person who I have a relationship with and bring him into this. I can't say I'm always got him by my side because my mind's distracted and going about all these duties, all these things that I have to do. This is when I come to him and I just basically love him. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I know you. And I just pause and let the aroma of his relationship and love with me settle in. Now, this is why having a relationship with him is really important. That's a whole nother subject. We'll get to that later in another podcast, probably. So in your mind, you have all these things rattling around. Shove them in a closet. Try to lock the door. Try to close the door. Go to the other room and say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, come here and be the calm on my peaceful heart. Come in with me. Soothe me. Listen to everything you know about the truth of his love and his affirmation. He died for me. He loves me. My relationship with him is based on a whole lot of experience. I hope you have cultivated yours. Okay, now once I get Jesus with me next to me, all right, standing with me like a wingman, or maybe my flight lead would be better, then I go back into these problems and open them up one at a time and bring them out and deal with them with a calm heart. That's what this practice looks like. The other part of this is, Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. When I'm giving up the worry, I'm giving the angst, I'm giving the fear and settle my heart. Then I come back to what I have to do. I'm not asking to be relieved of the responsibility, the work, the hard work to solve these problems, the effort. I'm just trying to absolve my worry. Again, the song here I'm following through with some personal practices is Jeremy Camp. The song is called Anxious Heart. 
So we're talking about how you give everyone and everything to you, Jesus. You're giving away your worry and, and all the pain you've got. We also talked about how to lock up all this stuff in your head or at least shove it away, get a hold of Christ, get him near you before you re-enter that. And lo and behold, I was remembering in Scripture the one phrase came up, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Taking every thought captive, which is really what we're talking about here. So I went back to 2 Corinthians 10. This is out of the Amplified, and I read it all the way through. Here it is. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. Wow, that's loaded. Taking every thought captive to Christ. In other words, Jesus, I need you right here with me. Be the ointment, be the translator, be the voice I'm listening to, compared to the voice of the accuser. By the way, 2 Corinthians 10, this is right out of the spiritual warfare section, and this is about the enemy as well as Ephesians, destroying the sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the obedience of Christ. You know, the world is so, we're in a world at war, and the battle is for the heart, and there's all these things that we worship we shouldn't have, personal performance, and the biggest one that'll probably get you is pride, right? That's the sin that kicked Satan out of heaven. And if we have so much pride that we can't be seen as a failure, we can't be seen as blowing it, what's my image to everybody else? How, what do they think of me? And I'm going to blow it. I'm going to be a failure in the front of all these people. Isn't that pride? Isn't that vanity? Yeah, it sounds like it to me. And if I can be relieved of all that worry, then no matter what happens, Jesus is going to love me. I'm going to be okay. And if I get a little embarrassed and so, so what? If I can get the pride out of the way. So every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up in our flesh, we take every thought captive. We have to, for me, it's a centering in the relationship, the loving adoration of Jesus in my life. Once I center with that, and I'm basically putting on my armor in another way, then I'm good to go back into that room and do battle with my head and the thoughts and the worries and the fears. That's how this works. And I didn't really see how to tie in that scripture verse. What's interesting, that part in the back of it, uh, the last section, this is out of 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when our own obedience as a church is complete. Uh, so I really didn't understand punish. I go into some biblical scholars, and they really suggested that it's not so much a physical, we're not supposed to be physically violent, but punish, they said, to excommunicate the false teachers, the adversaries in their church in Corinth, excommunicate as in silence the voice of the accuser, as in don't listen to all those fears that are running around in your head, shut them down. Shut down the voice of the accuser, recognize it as it is. It will always be diminishing, accusing, you're a failure, you're going to blow it, etc. And listen to the voice of Christ, which is affirming 
He knows you. He loves you. He made you since the beginning of time. He loves me just the way I am, but he loves me too much to let me stay there, right? So it's all tying into this warfare, this journey thing. Remember, we were born into a world at war. The prize is the human heart. And as I am in search of my heart, I'm also having to defend my heart. By the way, I picked up a really good book the other day called The Other Half of Church. I may have repeated myself about this. This is a fabulous one. The Other Half of Church, the authors are Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks. It's an interesting book because it's written by Jim Wilder, who was a discipleship pastor, and Michael Hendricks, who is a neuroscientist. The takeaway from this thing is pretty simple, okay? Our brains, you know, you got the right brain, left brain, okay? The right brain is generally the concrete, the logical side. Most men live there all the time. That's the right brain. The left brain is the intuitive, the emotional side. Men rarely go there. And that is a gross generalization, okay? You got the two halves of the brain, right brain, left brain. Anyway, what happens in most of the day is we're living in the right brain. Facts, figures, computations, or everything's there, but here's what they found. For lasting change to occur, whether you're an addict in recovery, whether you're trying to change your ways and become a better father, mother, husband, whatever you're trying to do, for lasting change to occur, our growth, our maturity, our freedom from our brokenness, our addictions, our hurts, habits, and hangups, for lasting change to occur, the left brain needs to be engaged. Actually, the whole brain needs to engage. But since we men, mostly men I'm talking here, we live all the time, most of the time in the right brain, we have to engage the left brain. I may have said this before, Bill Harper, I'm a man in search of my heart. What I'm really in search of is the left brain so I can engage the whole brain to get this lasting change to occur. What is the lasting change I'm after? Man, it's just freedom. It's just freedom from the shackles and chains and darkness of this world so that I can live in the light and the life that Christ intended me to be. Whether that's freedom from any of my myriad of addictions, whether that's having no fear, whether that's loving unselfishly and giving selflessly to others in service, whatever it is, it's the freedom. So I'm in search of my entire brain. So I'll give you an example of how difficult it is to engage the left brain for this lasting change. I'm going to make three statements that we know are true. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is omnipotent. There, don't you love him more? See, all the facts really don't equate to moving the left brain with emotional and heart. It's interesting. So I'm trying to tie all these thoughts about how to battlefield of the mind with the song Anxious Heart by Jeremy Camp. Rock and song, turn it up loud, and remember to turn to Jesus when your world goes dark. Like the lyrics say, you are the light when my world goes dark. You hold me together when I'm torn apart. And when my thoughts have run away too far, you're the calm for my anxious heart. Got to get him right by my side and all that. I had a wonderful vision the other day. I'm going to close with this. Many years ago, uh, where I first met my wife, uh, I think we were very young with children, a older lady came into my life named Fern. Fern was like a mother to me. I had lost my mother at 15, and I think that was 30 to 35 years before I met Fern. She was so loving and so full of joy and so full of the Holy Spirit, but her body was kind of crippled and broken, and especially her hands. Okay, they were 
kind of like claws. Sadly, she couldn't use them. But it wasn't a limitation. It didn't bother her. She got around and functioned, but her heart was so full of joy. Here's the picture I remember from being a few rows back from her in church, and she's more up near the front row. She's raising those hands up to worship God, those kind of crippled, gnarly, claw-like hands. And it was such a beautiful memory because I know where Fern is. And I had been talking to Fern quite a bit in the later years when she was ill and very near death. And I said, Fern, I'm praying for you. And she says, Bill, I'm praying for the whole world. And these days, with the chaos and the darkness and everything happening in the world, I am praying for the whole world. But I am certain that Fern is up there interceding as well. But her heart that interceded for the whole world, there is so much going on, not to mention the specific painful things happening with people close to me. And as I was relating this to a friend, and as I continue to pray for the whole world like Fern does, guess what? I saw an image. Fern's hands are being raised up in prayer, but they're no longer crippled. They're whole and beautiful, and so is she reaching to the sky. Yeah, I needed to see that. I needed to see the promise of what awaits us and how every one of us is going to be healed in the world after this. I have to know that every day. And I think that's going to help me calm my anxious heart. This is Bill Harper, a man in search of his heart, a man in search of a settled and peaceful heart, bringing you this podcast. Have a great day.